When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Alec Mappa Hot Mess with Matthew Dempsey Psychotherapy. I'm Alec Mappa. I'm an actor, comedian. I live in Hollywood. I haven't been single in over 20 years. Whoa, and I'm Matthew Dempsey. I'm a multicultural counselor, psychotherapist, and I've been single for a little bit. <laughs> I'd be terrified right now to go out there. I think I'd be, it's been taking so long for me to kind of like, just put myself out there again. Because of how things are just like currently, or you mean because of a global pandemic? Like, what do you mean? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not easy dating during a global pandemic. The, the global <laughs> pandemic, let's face it, is a real mood killer. But um, uh, I don't know. I just kind of like, I'm so, well, I just turned 56. Yeah. And I feel like I'm kind of set in my ways. Mm -hmm. It would take somebody really special to kind of break me out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. I guess. And that. also I was I was very needy when I was dating back in the day. And I'm I'm I I don't know how much of that still exists in me. <laughs> well, but we've talked about we've talked about that on the shows before about how you were very consciously moving through some of the stuff mm -hmm. that were sticking points for you in dating, mm -hmm. the anxious attachment style, grasping, mm -hmm. being needy, sex and love yeah. addiction. And you know, then you got to a place where obviously then you moved out of dating because you got married. <laughs> and you kind of like are the, you said um to me before that you're you're the opposite of that on a date you're uh, like uh, you're kind of hanging back kind of like you know I, I would say i would say i'm mostly kind of the secure attachment style i'm mostly the secure and i've taken some quizzes and, it, and i don't know tell what that me, is okay so okay so an attachment style i mean this is kind of like the uh, a typical um kind of gauge for things is that um, there's the secure attachment style, which basically means that you can show up, you're available, you know, you're kind of open to be dating, um, you know, you feel things and whatever in a relationship or with some connection, but you don't uh, kind of like spin about it or, or act out defensively. You know how you to like don't show have up an expectation boundaries. on it, like it has to go this way. Exactly. But then there's also kind of two other attachment styles, mostly where there's the anxious attachment style, and those are the people who tend to kind of like grasp after other people, want to follow up and make plans quickly because they're afraid that this person's going to lose interest or that mm. things that they're doing, um, you know, reflect a, a lack of interest. All of that, and then there's the avoidant attachment style which are people who uh, get nervous about how other people are going to be, you know, grasping after them or things like that. I would say I'm mostly secure, but I also very much do have a fear of that. I have, I have a great fear about guys grasping after me or, uh, you know, kind of putting their emotional shit on me. And I'm just like, yeah. no. and I like, you know, and I say boundaries, but sometimes they're walls. Yeah. I only had one date where the guy just, burst through every boundary yeah in a way that was disturbing <laughs> oh so he alec'd you yeah he alec'd me <laughs> but in a way that and, and and this has never happened to me before this was a physically attractive person yeah but he was so um so too much uh, that it didn't give me a chance to kind of come up with anything yeah um we were at um okay <sighs> We met at Akbar. 
All right. I love Akbar. I love Akbar too in Silver Lake. And um, so we had a drinks, a couple drinks, and yeah. we were talking, and he was like very kind of physically forward and really handsy in a way that wasn't like unearned. It was like there was nothing that had been established between us that would right. warrant yeah. him being as handsy or as affectionate. And then he said, um, so uh, you're in a feat, huh? And I said, yeah, I think feet, I guess he goes, I saw that in your profile that you find feet attractive. I said, yeah. And then he took off his shoe. Uh-huh. Took off the sock. Yes. And put his foot up on the bar. Okay. Uh-huh, Ew. exactly. And I was kind of like, <laughs> That was my that was my thing too. Did I was you leave like, then? I was like, uh, um, I, I kind of said, I, and all of a sudden, I he was so forward that I was questioning myself, like, am I being the uptight one? Right. Am right. I being the? Because usually I'm the one who's so Ta- like tables were turned. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I was kind of like, I'm good. Um, yeah. You can put, you don't have to, but I kind of laughed it off like, oh, well, look at that. Um, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, you don't, you know, I kind of laughed it off, but inside I was going this, I'm going to end up with my head in the fridge. This guy's. <laughs> well, but you said that that's normally you, maybe not all of that, but that you tend to be the more anxious, graspy one. Yeah. Uh, and back the in reason, the day. Yeah. Back in the day. But I think what's kind of helpful to be aware of, I'm actually getting notes from our producer right now to talk about this part of it. So I'm going to, and I think it's important, Stephanie. So I Great. Um, that this it doesn't just it's not just happenstance that our our styles of attachment come from our lived experience, especially from the earliest relationships we have. It sounds very cliche therapy stuff, but it's true. And um, and so it's it's because of the experiences and like those dances that we do mm. by vying for attention and connection mm. from our parents or whoever our <laughs> caregivers are that really set the tone for that. So knowing what we know about you, Alec, why would why would you assume that maybe you have a more anxious attachment style? Because my father hated me and I had to make him love me. <laughs> <laughs> didn't get me at all so my whole life was like how about this how is this funny totally i get that i've had i've had experiences in my life with people that i have grown up with where there kind of was a bit of like a, a kind of a forceful kind of graspy kind yeah. of thing and so I get very I get very nervous I would say overall I've had some great I have I've mostly had great experiences growing up and with my parents which I which is why I think that I'm mostly secure but I yeah I've had that's some ex- you're lucky but I've had some experiences where that wasn't always the case and because of that there is kind of moments where I clam up and I do withdraw and I do pull back because I get, I get so afraid that somebody starts kind of saying like, you should be doing this or you should be doing Mm. that. I've I've dated guys where it's like, why don't you, why aren't you paying more attention or how come you're not cheerleading me? And I'm like, why why aren't you appreciating my foot on the bar? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Especially actors. I've dated (laughs) actors and they're always, and they're always just kind of like be my number one cheerleader. And I'm like, I thought I was. Yeah. That's (laughs) not, enough it'll never be enough have you ever been graspy on a date ever 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 i i mean i wouldn't say it's less about kind of like on a date i i always say that i give i give good first date <laughs> like mm. i know how to show up and be okay. available and have a good time yeah it's more when i start to get to know somebody i have also been in the position where i've dated people that i felt like were a little bit more detached too and it really does it really does stir up shit right because mm. you, you can feel the distance and mm. it's and that that's painful for us because 
you know, we like in the culture that we live in, you know, it's so dominated by individualism and you should be okay on your own and you don't need anybody and all this right. bullshit because it's not right. true, right? Attachment theory is rooted in the belief that it's so critical for our well-being to be meaningfully connected with other people. So that is a normal and healthy thing. And when we feel a break in that, that really can trigger us and it can kind of trigger our, you know, nervous system and we feel unsafe mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So those are normal feelings. It's what we do with it that matters. It's what we do with it that makes the difference between a more insecure or a more secure attachment style. It's yeah, not that we have you know, our like shit stirred up. It's how we handle it. That experiment with the little baby monkeys where they, yes. they took them away from the mother. Have, and I, have I talked about that on the show? No. Oh, and well, they, what, what, they, can I? Can yeah, I? please do. Okay, please so do. there was this research. This is actually kind of like the, from like the uh, uh, founding father of attachment theory. This, or is one animal, of, this is animal cruelty. Go ahead. Yeah, his name is, uh, I think he's like John Bowlby. This is back in the 60s. They were doing they were doing this research, which we probably couldn't do anymore because of animal cruelty. But they would take monkeys that had been, you know, orphaned and you know, mm -hmm. kind of in the wild or whatever, and, and they would take those babies who had not been attached, connected to any kind of parent or caregiver, mm -hmm. and they would put them in a, you know, in a room where on one side of the room they had a soft cloth, like kind of like a fake soft cloth mother. Fake mommy. Yeah, that had no food. And on the mm -hmm. other side, they had a hard kind of wire, uh, cold, uh, you know, fake mommy with a bowl of food. And virtually every single time that orphaned baby who had not had connection would always go to the soft cloth mother because it would give them a sense of, you know, comfort to be able to snuggle up and to feel that kind of physical affection and connection. So that's just that's just some of the research that kind of like helps dispel the myth that we actually need, like, you know, food, shelter and clothing first before we even need connection. It, it mm. says that connection is paramount to our well-being. So that's really kind of some of the foundation of attachment theory. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I would be the monkey on the hard, cold thing. That's what I'm. Because <laughs> you want the food. That's what I was taught. <laughs> <laughs> the hard, the hard, cold, unyielding thing is what's going to feed you. It was familiar. Yeah. So hold on to that. Uh, listen, yeah. we have the most amazing guest. Yes, we do. Today, uh, to yes. talk about um, uh, attachment theory, he's done a great deal of research. And no, he's not. We have Carson. Cressley yes, today. Talking about dating. Talking about dating. He's out there and I can't wait to talk to him. Yes, so listen, too. if you're new to the Hot Mess podcast, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are the podcast that's going to save the world one hot mess at a time. <laughs> if you are a returning uh, listener, thank you. But regardless, please don't forget to download and subscribe. Yes, please. Download and subscribe. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Carson Cressley. Uh, we're so excited about our guest today. He's an Emmy award-winning television personality and one of the original Fab Five from Bravo's Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. He's made an appearance on Dancing with the Stars, started his own fashion line, and written several self-help books aimed at helping people to feel good in their own skin. You've seen him as a recurring judge, a recurring judge on RuPaul's Drag Race, and he's now a judge on Food Network's Barbecue Brawl. He's also discovered an alternative fuel source that's gonna prevent the next world war. Will you please welcome <laughs> Carson Cressley? Yay! That's me. No, no, please sit down. Sit Listen, down. You're, yes. you're a woman on the go. You, you, I mean, you I, have like, I'm talking about wearing several hats. You're like a, a seven-headed hydra. I mean, you do everything. And in addition to that, that you are you are single and dating. We understand. I I am I, I am. I think uh, right. yes. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just I try to. I'm a busy lady. I try mm -hmm. to stay busy, 
And uh, I have been um, single for about two years. So mm. um, navigating all the dating apps, you know, it's very yeah. difficult. Yeah. Which ones are you on? Especially when you look like this. Oh, stop um, it. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm just on the one. Um, I think it's called Scruff. Yeah, I'm on that one. <laughs> With so, all the fine gentlemen callers. <laughs> yeah, I just, that was the one that was easy to download. So yeah. you know, maybe I should try harder. Matt, are you on anything? I am. I've, I've limited, my, I've been on all the ones in the past before, but I mm -hmm. find it just kind of right. replicates themselves. So I've just right. limited it to Hinge this time and 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 I'm using right. that. Not, not a hashtag, not a sponsor, but <laughs> use Hinge. Uh, I'm, on, okay. I'm on Unhinged. Um, <laughs> people, uh, it's, a, it's an app, dating app for mentally unbalanced people. I was mm -hmm. in Utah. I'm, I'm filming a movie in Salt Lake City and I downloaded Grindr just to kind of mm -hmm. see what was out there. And um, right. it was kind of, um, I don't know. I, I, I just, I was very intimidated by it. Just kind of the very idea of being out there again. So uh, what what qualifies as a date? This is a question for both of you. What, oh. what what does a date look like nowadays? What are the kids doing? Oh, I don't go on many, but um, mm. I'm very old fashioned. So I think it still involves like meeting somewhere in public. Yeah. Um, so you don't get murdered on the first date. It's <laughs> yes. always great. Yeah. And um, yeah, I'm old fashioned. So I just I like to meet the person and do something like, you know, have a cocktail or yeah. a coffee. I'm yeah. not a big on, I'm not so big on the coffee because the coffee just seems like, I'm like, wait, no, this isn't a job interview. Like we should probably have some <laughs> libations mm. and get a little loosened up if that's, you know, depends on your, what you are into. But yeah. yeah, I like the in-person. How about you? How about you? Well, I, Carson, I was just going to ask you about that, actually, because my strategy is always just to go with the coffee because I feel like it's just oh. it's because it's just like a short period of time. Like you're, it's not going to exceed past an hour, you right. know, so you, you get to escape. hang out and exactly you get you get a feel kind of up front. I started right. doing coffee dates because I found when I was dating best back in the Jurassic era, um, mm -hmm. I can tell whether or not there's going to be chemistry pretty much right away. Yeah, absolutely. And, and then if there was zero chemistry or if it was a disaster, we were at dinner, then I'd be stuck at dinner. Mm -hmm. Right. For the right. next hour. Yeah. And I was with the last date that I went. The one that stopped me from doing any of that was I went on a date with this guy and he was so shy and so socially awkward. And I felt so bad that I was the one initiating all the conversations. Uh, and the right. more I did, the more he clammed up. And I was like, am I in candid camera? What's going on? <laughs> I finally got into my car and I got a text from him saying, when can I see you again? And I was like. <laughs> Were you there? Uh, Did you yeah. enjoy that? Because yeah. I didn't. Yeah, no, I had a great time. And I don't know why you never responded back to me. But <laughs> let's just move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, gets, it, gets, it gets challenging. It's hard because, you know, you're getting somebody's representative up front. You know, you're, you're meeting somebody. They're trying to give you kind of the best thing that they can project out there. So mm -hmm. you might not necessarily totally get to see how well you vibe because, you know, a lot of people can feel uncomfortable, especially for us as gay guys, too. There's there's really kind of like more insecurities and fears of just getting to be open. So it, uh -huh. it can be difficult to gauge. I see. Yeah. Why is, why is that? Why is that? Oh, Why are we so insecure? Uh, I mean, listen, we're a wounded lot, you know? <laughs> you, you grow uh -huh. up you grow up in a world that tells you that there's something inherently damaged, deficient, broken, inadequate about who you are. And of course, that's going to make you uh I have no idea uneasy. what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I, 
I think I'm fabulous. <laughs> Always have. No, I no, I get it. That makes sense. And you've said that before. Yeah. Uh, that really rolls off the tongue. <laughs> it does. I mean, I primarily work with gay men. Gay men's issues are my thing. So right, right. So it's yeah. So it's something I'm familiar with. Well, Carson, okay. What, that's uh, okay. Go um, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just I was just going to ask you for you especially. I mean, you're obviously such a public figure. How how is that putting yourself on dating apps and trying to date? Is that challenging? Um, yeah, I think it adds an extra layer um, of challenge. Um, but like being famous and or well-known yeah. uh, also adds an extra layer of like making things easier too. True. So I think it balances hmm. out. Um, I try to, you know, I always look at the glass half full of tequila. And um, <laughs> um, I think in some ways, yeah, it's very hard because uh, sometimes the person already has a pre um, predetermined idea of who you are, what you're about, what you're into, all of that. Yeah. Um, so they don't really like even get to know you. They think they already know who you are. Mm. Yeah. Um, it is also weird to like, you know, um, be on dating apps and then like they say, oh, send me your picture. And right. then you send a picture and they say, that's not you. <laughs> um, and then you say, yes. no, it is. And yeah. Or they say, oh, wait, this is a good one. They say, you look like that queer eye guy, uh, but, way, <laughs> but way better looking. And I was like, oh. thank you so much. You know, because I, I do choose a good photo when I send, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. nothing, to, nothing too airbrushed because yeah. you want them to not be like, oh, my God, it's you. <laughs> but it's, um, it's actually so a photo of Kate Blanchett. Is, is yeah, what's on I the app. Yeah, I usually um, send that out. Um, yeah. But yeah, th those things make it more difficult um, for the initial meeting, I guess. And yeah. also you don't you don't want like a stalker. I mean, I know it's very flattering. Yeah. Um, but you also have to be like careful about security, I guess. Yeah, totally. I remember Tyra Banks talking about this like years ago and she was talking about how it's so odd going on dates with guys, especially when they use her full name, like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm with Tyra Banks, Tyra Banks, right. and would refer to it like, like, that's obviously your celebrity name, like your whole name. Yeah. She's like, that's when it felt so odd that they were on a date with like this public persona and wasn't even open to get to know me. Yeah, like I, this, well, I had a date like that where he said, stop calling me Uncle Fester. It's just Fester. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. Carson, my Don't question so is, formal. Yes. when was the last time you went on a date with somebody who was like, I have no idea who you are. I have no previous experience of you. Oh, good question. Because, um, you know, he's out there. Yeah. No, he was Amish. And um, <laughs> he, I had just gotten done milking for the day. And I, oh, you look nice. No, um, I don't think I've had one of those. I feel like, you know, most gay people either from Queer Eye for the Straight Guy or RuPaul's Drag Race mm -hmm. or whatever in between have kind of seen or heard of me. Most of them. I, I'm yeah. sure there's been one or two um, that didn't know, but I think almost all of them. I can't remember one that didn't. Oh, okay. And that sounds really obnoxious and I don't mean to be like that, but no, I, I mean, think that, um, yeah. We're, we're going on 20 years of you kind of yeah, being in the public right. eye. You've been in the public I mean, he would have to be a, a Sherpa from Tibet. <laughs> right, yeah. Without cable yes. or internet in order yeah. to have not heard from you. Um, totally. My, Carson, let, 
Oh, oh go, just, ahead. go ahead. No, I, I'm interrupting you <laughs> all the time, Matthew. You have the floor. Matthew, Matthew do not okay. be nervous yeah. around me. It's I, okay. know, I'm, yeah. I can't help it. It's Carson Cressley. He puts yeah. on his caftan one leg at a time, <laughs> just, just like everybody like else. My, my question to you, something that I was curious about is you said that you've been single for the past couple of years. And I guess I'm just curious about where you're at now in terms of being single, because I know for myself, I've been single for a couple of years and I struggle sometimes with really wanting to find somebody like I would like to find somebody. I know it's not rational, but there are some times that I'm like, I just feel like that's the last thing that's missing. And, mm, you know, and I right, feel like incomplete, right. very irrational. And I do my work to try to, like, you know, snuff that. Uh-huh. Noise, but I'm just kind of curious where you're at. <laughs> How does it feel after two years of singledom? Um, you know what I try to, this is not healthy, but what I do is I just stay busy with other things. And then I don't think about it so much. Uh, okay. I'm just like, I can't have a boyfriend. I'm so busy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know what you call that in like therapy land. It's right. Deflection. Or <laughs> yes. Um, say I'm smart. Detachment, um, detachment. So what happens detachment. when you actually have a moment of stillness and you, and you maybe feel some of those things, what would you say? Oh, um, I think the only thing that I feel is that um, uh, I have so much, I do so many fun things. I have so much to offer. It'd be nice to share that with somebody. Mm. And I did feel, you know, like maybe at one point I thought about like having kids. That's the other thing is that, you know, you kind of get that like ticking time bomb thing. Like, Mm. oh, like I can't be the 81 year old at graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, So so you kind of have to sort of think about like, oh, is that going to even be a possibility? Which is not devastating to me by any means because um, I could, you know, I could go either way on the kid thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's about it. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, uh, I worry about running out of time, I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with like running out of time and thinking about kids, then it sounds like maybe you would obviously love to find something a little bit more serious, like a serious relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I hate having to do everything by myself. You know, I'm just like, could someone go home and water my plants? So yes. Like, no. Yes. yes I, you know, you have totally. to do everything. It's so, so true. Um, it's so true. Like there, it, just the smallest little things remind you that you are not partnered right. where it's like, I can do pretty much everything on my own. I can live my own life and be independent, but I'm like, sometimes I right. just fucking wish somebody could water the plants. Right. Right. Uh, are you that, guys, that, I, are both of you good at being alone? Are you kind of good at the solitary thing? I'm actually really good at being alone. And mm. uh, I am probably an uh, uh, extroverted introvert. And people are like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, you're so, you know, chatty and popular. And I was That's like, "That's me." I love like after five days or six days or like if you're working for like 10 or 12 days straight mm-hmm. and you're with people every day. And you're supposed to be like, you know, charming and lovely and loquacious and and all of that. By like the 10th or 15th day, I'm just like, can I please have a day alone where all I do is wander around my house and do laundry? Like, that's mm-hmm. what I love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So because, I don't mind being alone. Because yeah. so much of the um, things that you do, the hosting, the, the judging right. requires you to be on and kind of put your best foot forward. And the thing that I missed when I was single, cause before I met my husband, I was single for four years. And one, I was not good at being alone. So I made the mental decision. Uh, I have to get good at being alone. 
it it always frightened me. It always kind of like, because I would, I would think universally, I would think because I feel lonely now, this is how I'm always going to feel. So I had no tolerance for it. Yeah. Um, But the thing that I missed when I was single was just having somebody know me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Having somebody know, because you said you're, you said earlier, you're introverted, uh, extrovert or an extroverted introvert. Right. I think it's that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's that one. I I'm really good at kind of arriving and turning it on, but right beforehand, right before I go on stage, there's like a breath. Right. I have to take a breath like, <sighs> okay. But I missed kind of having somebody know me in the downtime, know the authentic yeah. parts of me. Yeah. Right. That's what, right. that's what made me feel lonely. I think. Mm-hmm. I miss Nomi Malone. Nomi Malone. Oh, you don't know. <laughs> and her Versace top. Yes. It's a Versace. Yes. yes. <laughs> I was thinking Versace. with your line of work, I mean, you were Ralph Lauren for so long and mm-hmm. you're in the fashion world. You must have met a ton of guys. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I traveled the world with mm-hmm. like, you know, a, a stack of snowflake sweaters and five of the hottest male models in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> But, ge- but generally they were into, you know, like Paulina Poroskova and not me. So, right. Um, I think, you know, that life, I met, you know, tons of gorgeous people. And my current life, you know, you meet people all the time. But all the it's time. Always, it's always very like literally like you're getting whisked away and you're like, oh, but goodbye. Yeah. Um, so you don't get to really, you know, make that many meaningful encounters, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but I have great, I have great friends, you know, I have yes. um, the best friends that I've had, you know, from my early days in New York and um, the people that you kind of like, you know, find yourself with and your tribe, those people are constant. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, like there's like 10 of them that are, you know, that come to funerals and weddings and like yeah. all the important things like they're my, my core peeps. Yeah, I love that you're bringing that up because that is so important. It's it is for me too. I have I've got like a handful of really close friends. They're mm-hmm. like you know my chosen family, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um and to have that kind of those really really close relationships to have those. It's not romantic, but it is really really intimate. And there's such a love connection in that way too. Really helps. So you know, so it doesn't yeah. feel doesn't feel so desolate. <laughs> I had yeah, friends who absolutely. had um, a close uh, a close knit group of friends who had incredibly high standards for me. <laughs> When I had no standards at all. So I had many a a social date where uh, I would show up with somebody and people would be horrified. (laughs) They would would be like, what are you doing with this creature? Um, I find the best place to meet people. And and back in the pre-COVID days is what I would do. This is what I love doing. Um, Dinner parties. I love dinner parties oh, yes. because everybody's more relaxed and informal when they're eating and yeah, when right. the wine's pouring. There's le- I think there's more of a chance to people for people to establish a, an authentic rapport. Yeah, I yeah. agree. It's a lot harder when you're at when you're at parties and events and things like that, or if you just go out uh, just because everybody's bouncing around and there's too many people. Right. But when it's a little Don't bit more you- intimate, then it's easier. Yeah. Don't you also feel that um, in New York and L.A., especially amidst the gays, um, that people are not everybody, but a lot of people are always, you know, there's like talking to you, but like the uh, the other eye is. Yes, yeah. I see like that. More important yeah. or hotter yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Right. Um, and it, in my case, that's always they're both. Um, so that, uh, <laughs> that, that happened um, to me so much and I hated it so yeah. much that I would call people on it. 
I'd be like, oh, really? what are you doing? Uh, are we not, ha- is this conversation done? Cause if yeah. you're done, I'm done. Like I would just get, I was, because people, I think it's so rude for people to kind of do that thing and then look someplace else yeah. and just kind of like, do you know what also happens a part of that? I mean, a part of that is just because people are looking for the bigger, better deal. Like that's right. you know, for sure is can be that too. But also people, again, especially gay guys, it's a little bit more challenging to stay connected and to have a moment of intimacy. We're actually talking mm-hmm. to somebody, getting to know somebody. Mm-hmm. So it could also very well be people looking around and darting their attention and eye, you know, eye contact just because of their right. discomfort in that moment. Wait, break break that down for us because that was my next question. Why do you think, okay, I mean, the, the facile answer, the short answer is right. that hurt people hurt people. If yes. we're a damaged lot, then we're really hard to date. Right. Yes. Yeah. So uh-huh. do, do you. But is there more to it than that? I think there's more to it. I, it's it's easy to just think like, you know, guys are shallow. Gay guys suck. <laughs> you know, it's like so right. hard to date them. Um, they're always right. looking for the next better thing. But when you really, really, really unpack all of that, it really comes down to just a lot of fear around intimacy, um, knowing your mm-hmm. own worth, kind of gauging worth and value in other superficial ways, because we haven't learned how to do that in deeper, more authentic ways. Mm-hmm. So it's really just kind of a reflection of that. And what I think is helpful, because I've been in that position, too, where people are like dark in their eyes, not wanting to talk. I'm just like, OK, well, I don't even want to be here anymore. Right. But yeah. it's easy to it's easy to personalize those things. But what I constantly tell myself, if I'm going to assume anything, I'm going to assume, you know, the best, not the worst, but assume oh, see, that's that, how people, we're different. <laughs> that people are just uncomfortable and they just, right. you know, they don't have the capacity for any kind of connection or for enough connection. I think maybe they're intimidated by the quality of your hair. It's so good. <laughs> it's pretty good, right? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. like high praise. High like, praise. It's pretty unbelievable. <laughs> uh, on Matthew, uh, to Matthew's um, talking, where are you mm-hmm. at your comfort level when you're on a date? Like, what? where are you, like, on a scale of one to ten in your ability to bring your real self to, like, mm, a date? Good question. Oh, me? You. Um, it's, it's difficult mm-hmm. because, um, especially I think when you're a public persona, sometimes you will put on your public persona yeah. because that's what you think people respond to or why mm-hmm. they even like you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to get comfortable with the person. I guess it's the same for everybody. Like you kind of put on a, a facade until you're like really comfortable yeah. and then, um, you'll let that, that in. For me, that doesn't happen until like, you know, a couple of dates, Right. You know, where, mm. where I get real and I'm just like, oh, my God, this is a disaster. This thing is going on at work or this thing was happening in like in my like personal life or whatever. I don't really share that until I get to know somebody. Yeah. Um, through a, at least a couple dates. Yeah. Which makes sense. You want to just feel a little bit of a comfort level so that you can even kind of go there. Um, but what what is it usually? It just is, you know, some of the things that, that you feel like you're struggling with, with like work or whatever, or like, what are some of the things that, that do come um, out when just, you feel comfortable? Just um, talking about, you know, real things, feelings, concerns, worries, um, things that you love. Maybe it's yeah. your family or whatever. I kind of- Personal um, stuff. Keep all that stuff guarded until like the second or third date, because I just don't feel like um, I want to put that out there or that person has earned that mm, until yeah. I get to know them. Yeah. 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 What do, what do you look for in a guy? Like if you're on a date, what are what are some of the key things that you want to make sure you're like feeling or you're sensing from them? Oh, um, gosh, <laughs> I usually um, 
they have to be uh, engaging. I think that's the number one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't want to do all like the talking. I want yeah. it to be like, if there's great conversation. Also similar interests. Like mm-hmm. I have dated so many people where like, they'll be like, I'm into fly fishing. I'll be like, oh my God, I want to be into fly fishing. That sounds really fascinating. I could give two fucks about fly fishing. Yeah. I'm not I, I read an article about fly fishing once at the doctor's. <laughs> yeah. I saw a movie with Brad Pitt. Yeah, um, I was going to say. Yeah. So I just, you know, if they start talking about like, you know, like a favorite movie and it's like, I live legally blonde or they're like, yeah. have you been to the Round Top Texas Antiques Fair? I have. I love it. It's, yeah. like, <laughs> it's like a major turn yeah. off. Right, right. Yeah. And then when you actually have sex and like you're into them, like the best thing in the world is if you are seeing someone and you actually have a good time not just a sexy time, but a right. good time yes. with them. Like if you could be laughing or having a conversation while you're doing that, that, the, the nasty, mm-hmm. yeah. that's all, that's also a great sign that you're like really having fun with this person. And I have personally out of desperation or lack of self-worth or whatever it is, have um, kowtowed to that person and said, oh no, I'm going to be into like, you know, fantasy football, or I'm going to be into this. <laughs> it's, it's so boring and torturous mm-hmm. that I've given <laughs> up on that. I'm just like, listen, if you're not into things that I'm into, um, yes. we're going to be really boring together. And I can't. Totally. I think there's, there's a certain, there has to be a certain degree of shared ground. There has yeah. to be, I mean, if, if to me, if somebody's funny, that is so sexy to me because yeah. it mm-hmm. takes a certain degree of intelligence to be funny. Right. My, Wait. My, yeah. But how about they have, they don't even just have to be funny as long as they have a good sense of humor. So mm-hmm. that when you tell a joke, like they're not like, what? That right. is the that, that's the worst. That is the and worst. They get nothing. And I'm just yeah. like, okay, I give, I give up. <laughs> I knew there was an expression that the, uh, guys would give to me on uh, dates in the nineties. And I knew that the date was over when, when a guy would look at me and go, okay. And say that. Oh, okay, Like after a joke, like oh, they didn't even know yeah. I was joking. Like it was, it was to signify that you're weird or I yeah. don't get it. Or yeah. I was like, <laughs> check just no. Just yeah, I, I do that, but I say, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> to the person back when they, like, they say something really terrible. I'm like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hitler had a lot so, of great ideas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get the, you know, the connection, the cerebral, not even like being super smart or anything, just having a, a quick wit and getting it. Yeah, and, um, being being on the same page, like, you know, mentally and culturally and like getting the references is really important to me. Yeah, totally. Whether it's humor, whether it's references or just any of those moments where it's like, yes. And you're like on the same page about whatever yeah, it is that you're talking about and you feel mm-hmm. that connection. Yes, mm-hmm. that's thrilling. That's thrilling. Yeah. yeah, that didn't happen to me a lot. <laughs> I don't believe that. Then, no, you were, then, then you were dating the wrong people. I was dating the wrong people. But when I was single, <laughs> Matthew, to, to speak to your intimacy issue, when I was single, <laughs> I would either like go on dates, like real dates. Yeah. Like meet for coffee. Yes. Face to face, fully dressed. <laughs> or I would just be having sex. And the guys that right. I was seeing would be exclusively for sex. Like it would yeah. not. Right. And it was, it was always kind of like, I finally got to a point where that was the mutual thing, the mutual agreement that this is, this is like, you know. Yeah. I've done that. I've done that. Getting a checkup. 
Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But almost yeah. like kind of predetermining what you're looking for before you go into it. Mm. No, I, I guess. Okay. Like right before I met my husband, mm -hmm. I had a fuck buddy. Mm -hmm. And it was, it, that was just the agreement. We met uh, at an right. AOL chat room. That's how long ago it was. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And um, he was like um, what my friend Calpurnia called um, a moped. Like he was really fun to ride, but you didn't want to see your, your friends to see you doing it. Right. Um, right. He looked just like I Ichabod Crane. He was like, he was a cyclist. He was all legs and feet and just really silly looking, but he was so much fun to have sex with. Yeah. And it was just exclusively that. And then when I felt him wanting to, it to be something else, yeah. it just kind of ruined it. Right. Uh, like okay. it wasn't sexy that anymore. Happen. Be yeah, because I was just, I just wanted to do the dirty and then go. Totally. Well, you have to be on the same page about what you're looking for. And you mm -hmm. do you do whatever works for you for however long it works for you until it doesn't. And then you move on. Like I think in our culture, there's this kind of idea that you have to find somebody, be with them forever. And that's how you know it's a successful relationship. But it's not. I mean, like the research shows that it's all about so much more about the quality than the quantity. And if you have a relationship that lasts for a couple of years or 10 years or whatever, five minutes, a few months, it's five, five minutes. It's still a success. Well, it's interesting you say that because right before I met my husband, I, I remember writing in my journal, Carson, and thinking, <laughs> mm -hmm. all right, uh, what if this is it? What if what right. if uh, what if I just have really great friends and travel and have sex when I want to have sex and then I'll people come into my life and maybe we'll have an intimate relationship maybe we won't but I, if all of a sudden I let go of my attachment like you were yeah. talking earlier like it yes. has to happen it yes. has to happen right. and that that ruled my life so much that it it made dating awful for me yes. because it was kind of like um, do you want to get married you know it was like. <laughs> Anxious right. attachment, anxious it was, attachment. It was anxious attachment and attachment to results. And it just, it just made everything so heavy. And all of a sudden, and we talked about this on other shows because I'm a recovering sex and love addict. I had this one mm -hmm. moment where I left the house and I was like, I'm not going to think about having sex tonight. I'm just kind of like, I'm not going to, it's not in my mind. And it just changed everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying when I let go of my attachment that this had to happen or I was supposed mm -hmm. to be with somebody, all of a sudden it wasn't that big a deal anymore. Right. Cause, cause the alternative didn't seem so terrible to me. <laughs> right, right. That, that I was like, cause I had to look at everything around me going, this isn't so bad. Yeah. I, think, I think the last couple of years of being single, I got really good at it. Well, that's funny. I'm, I'm kind of the opposite as you. I think probably um, I'm a little bit more of like the avoidant attachment style, not the anxious, like I, like you grasp and I mean, yes. kind of like push a little bit. Yes. So, you know, hopefully we can try to find more of that secure uh, attachment. Carson, Carson he's you, always you, pushing me away. He's Carson, always pushing me away. If you, yeah. if, if you had to choose, which one do you feel like represents you a little bit more? Are you more like the anxious oh, or are you the no. Well, I'm a very anxious person, actually. And people <laughs> are like, what? Really? I'm like always like right now I'm thinking about all, all kinds of things like, oh, I should be doing that. Oh, I should be doing this. <laughs> um, but I, I think I'm also the other more like Alec, um, because um, as you get older, you can't I just. This, this is going to sound terrible, but I care less about things. I'm just like, yeah. isn't that wonderful? Cares. Isn't yeah. that wonderful? And, and also, I'm just like, I am too tired to even like think about that. So I yeah. just, it doesn't matter as much. So I'm not, you know, I don't obsess about it. I'm just like, listen, I got plenty to do. Okay. I am busy. I am tired. Uh, I just, I don't need the drama. So I just, 
it's just really not an issue anymore. So like then you're more balanced and right in the middle, like the more secure attachment style that you show up for things, but you're not grasping. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's exactly. Nice. Well, listen, Carson, you're so busy and we've come to your heart out. We've I come know, to I know. as as my I, therapist I, 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 says, um, I think we're done here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, why can't, why does it always have to be a hard out and not a hard in? That's what I want. Oh, beautiful. Can I get an amen up in here? Amen. Amen. Um, you're everywhere. You're on this barbecue show. You're on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You have yes. a QVC line. I mean, while the rest of us are napping, you are taking over the world, literally. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of mouths to feed. <laughs> large that's, equine mouths mm, oh yeah um, your horse farm yeah that's yeah. right oh. yeah. so um but this was really fun i yes. adore you guys let's yeah. we can dive into this deeper because you know i have lots of trauma and yes. uh, things to talk about yeah that's yeah we'll, we'll have you on again because yes, we're, we're all please. about the trauma on the show carson yes. where can people find you on your socials Oh, at Carson Cressley everywhere, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Scruff. You're, you're, you're a delight, Carson. It's always yes. so much fun when I see you. The last time I saw you, we just laughed yes, and had a great yes. time. And you're you're a catch anyway you slice well, it. Well, thanks. Yes. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I'll see you soon. Uh, we'll see you next time. All right. <laughs> thanks, Love you. Carson. Bye. Okay, Bye. Oh, wow, Matthew. <laughs> I feel like I was just getting to know him. I like, know. We usually have a little longer than that. And I feel I like know. we were just starting to melt the ice with that one. Well, he promised he'll come back. So I'm looking forward okay. to diving uh, diving into, into more issues around dating with right. Carson. Next time he comes back, the first thing I'm going to ask him is, uh, what's your most painful childhood memory? <laughs> and that'll be where we go from there. So yeah. what is your hot message for the day? Oh man, uh, I thought you were gonna start first. Okay, my no. hot message, my hot message. Okay, my hot message for the day. Remember, I always piggyback is... on you because you're big. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say my hot message for the day, and this is something that I've just been telling myself a lot lately, so I'm just gonna offer it to other people. Okay. Is I really, really, really want it to be okay if I don't find this kind of like idealistic, you know, uh, kind of relationship where I find somebody and they're amazing and then I'm with them forever. If that doesn't happen, if that just happens not being my path, I want to be so okay with that. And mm. I want to be okay with that before I even get into other relationships. So I offer that for other people too. You know, let that be your mantra. I want to be so okay with whatever happens and to know that all of it's a success. Wow. I don't see you, I don't see you being single for very long, honestly. Well, I but but if I am, then I want that to be okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're you're out there. Thank you. What's you're, your you're hot message, Alex? My, my hot message is: if you want to date Matthew Dempsey, you have to go <laughs> on Unhinged or whatever it's called. Um, my hot message is is kind of let go of your attachment to results. I yes. mean, just kind of like that's that's really true in everything. I think when you're when you're rigid about the outcome of something, it makes you less. I don't know. It just makes life harder. 
Yeah. And I think there, and it's, it's, it's so ironic that the things that we want the most are the things that we need to detach from the most. Yes. You have to surrender it. You have to surrender the need for the outcome to be a certain way in order to actually see what can be available to you. So let go of outcome and be available for process. And surrender doesn't mean quitting. No, it it doesn't doesn't. mean quitting. No, it means means letting go of control. Letting go of control, which is easier said than done. Where can people (laughs) find you on your socials, big boy? (laughs) You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at MJ Dempsey Psych and Matthew G. Dempsey Cyclist. Therapy on Facebook, yeah. Oh, I had to think about it for a second. <laughs> I did. Um, I, you can find me at Alec Mappa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can find us both on Instagram at the Hot Mess Pod, and yes. you can leave messages for us there Please. or at Stage Twenty Nine Podcasts on the Twitter. We love Stage Twenty Nine Productions. I think it is. Wait, uh, I, oh, I'm never gonna get that right. <laughs> That's why we're not hearing from anybody. I'm giving them the wrong handle on the Twitter. Um, listen, don't forget to download and subscribe. We love hearing from you and. And we'll be back next week with another celebrity and more hot mess fun. Yeah, bye guys. This has been a Stage 29 podcast production. The podcast is executive produced by Patty Chiano, Laferne Cusack, and Stephanie Kaysen. Our audio editors are Jackson Ruff and Jonathan DeMatty. Callie Kelts is the social media producer. And a special thanks to the rest of our podcast crew, Rwani Horinige, William Cusack, Lisa Clark, Katie Brown, and Morgan Kaler. This podcast has been produced by Stage 29 Productions for entertainment purposes only. The contents of this podcast does not constitute medical or professional advice, do not reflect the opinions of this company, any of its parent companies, affiliates, subsidiaries, promotional sponsors, or advertising agencies. The views expressed by the hosts and guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. For more information, please go to stage29.tv.